0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com.
1: Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. sound. Charles, did you see that? He just lost blog talk.
0: I just see that. Yeah. Are we on? I, I don't know if we're on the air or not. I don't know. I'm going to see if I can he get lost, in and pull up the studio here.
1: I just he saw that. blog just, talk. I don't think so.
0: Uh, he's the host. I'm just going to see if I can pull up. Um, if you're listening to the podcast and we are on there, just stand by for a moment. Uh, we're just got to check this out here. Um, see, can I go to the studio? Um, here let me try this here. Let's talk oh, to I guess we are on. So good evening folks. Uh a little bit of technical difficulties. Um as we start the show, we've lost CJ here just for a moment. Uh unless he it's still showing him as online. But uh, apparently he has disappeared. So I will just talk until he gets back. Uh, Good evening and welcome. Uh, Charles Cliff here. And uh, the other voice you heard was Will McDonald. And we're on here Wednesday night, November the 6th, just days away from the start of the CFL playoffs and days removed from the end of the CFL regular season. So we started with nine back in June and we're now down to 6 with Montreal, Toronto and BC all on the sidelines already uh watching. Uh so now here we are and we are just days away from the playoffs beginning. And well right now there's two of us. I think CJ will be back at some point and so we'll just go forward. Uh good evening. Well, how are you tonight?
1: I'm good. I have to correct you. You said Montreal was on the sidelines. Montreal's in the playoffs. Excuse
0: me. Ottawa, Sorry. Toronto, and BC.
1: There you the go. Habit, they're, they're all out, which is a good yep. thing, I guess, Yep. if you're the other teams. So, That's a um, good point. Yeah. But yep. uh, we get to watch some meaningful football this weekend and some exciting football, as opposed to the last three weeks where most of the games were... Just let's finish the season. So yeah, I'm exactly. looking forward so to
0: it. yeah, so now everything gets kicked up a notch so we'll see how some of these younger quarterbacks like Cody <laughs> Pajardo and Dane Evans uh if they're able to adjust. It's one thing to be successful in the regular season, but once you get to the playoffs that's a whole new um that's a whole new um level of um of intensity. So it uh going to be very interesting here
1: yes it is yep and uh well we'll see who can step it up and who can't yeah that's true i mean it is it is it is playoff football and there are a lot of veterans out there that know how to step it up and there's rookies who haven't been there yet so we'll see what they
0: do For me, the most interesting team going into this weekend is Montreal because they haven't been in the playoffs for a while. And uh, they were a team that kind of came out of nowhere and made the playoffs this year. So we've seen teams in the past um, that we weren't expecting to do much have a good season. And now something is ringing. Um, Hopefully someone answers. Um, But, um, yeah, so I'm going to be interested to see how they react. They've got the home game against Edmonton. Well, it should be interesting. It sounds and looks like CJ is now back with us.
2: Well, that's a debate.
0: What do you mean? What do you mean?
2: Just, just, just a sec. Oh, no. It's, I'm here. Sorry.
0: Okay, Long that's good.
2: doing really weird shit.
0: What else is new? I don't know. Okay,
2: so I'm here. I'm on my phone. I can't log in on the podcast itself. So it's telling me that the host is already logged in and I can't get in. So it keeps yep. telling, me, saying goodbye to me <coughs> and hanging up. It's very rude. Yep. Okay. So, so um, is my microphone working here? No.
0: Never mind. I can hear you fine. What? I can only hear fine too. Yep.
2: Yeah. No, that's just the phone. I just wanted to know whether or not that the host was still working, but it's not working. I've put it on mute anyhow, so I'm here. Um,
0: okay.
2: What'd you get to? What'd you do?
0: Uh, we just kind of did a little bit of an intro, just talked about how the uh, going into the playoffs and how the intensity of the games ramp up once the playoffs start. Playoff football. It's called that for a reason. Yep. Exactly. Okay.
2: Uh, this has just caught me off guard, and I. Don't want to, I want to rant about blog talk instead of the football. Let's not do that because that's just not cool and everything else. But, uh, yeah, we've got a full agenda tonight. We've got, a, obviously, we've got Charles and Will online. Mark, uh, I don't know what the hell happened to him. And uh, Phil's uh, AWOL. Uh, so it, it's the core. It's the hardcore football fans that are coming at you right now on, on uh, Let's Talk CFL podcast. This is episode 410, and I'm your host, Christopher Jones. And uh let's uh, talk some football. Uh right off the bat we've got the Edmonton Montreal preview. This is Edmonton in the crossover position going to the Eastern Division, uh, eliminating a pathetic four and fourteen Toronto Argonauts kicked them out of the playoff position. And uh Edmonton coming in slightly better, I think what are they, eight and ten? Is that how they finished? Yes. They they finished eight and ten, so um I'm not going to say that that's respectable by any stretch of the means, and I think it's an embarrassment that a sub 500 team makes it into the playoffs. But it would be way worse without the crossover having a 4 and 14 team in the playoffs. Uh, that would be just uh, ridiculous, especially if BC missed the playoffs at 5 and thirty. Not that that was any stretch or any better. Uh, so there you go. We got the Edmonton Eskimos going into Montreal and playing on. Sunday morning, I think it is, isn't it? Sunday morning,
0: Sunday afternoon. Sunday morning, yeah, it's the ten AM game.
2: Yeah, it's it's a breakfast bowl. I, I, yeah. I absolutely hate that. I don't know why they do it, but it is. It's a ten AM start for a Western team that's like playing at breakfast. And uh and that's gonna happen. And I you know, this is gonna be a good football game. I think they're they're both very evenly matched in that aspect of things. Um they both uh have I'm not going to say similar records. Montreal is, is finished I think 10 and eight. 8. Um Montreal finished 10 and 8 and uh Edmonton finished 8 and 10, exact opposite. So uh I don't know. I think the edge goes to Montreal on this one, but uh I wouldn't bet any money on it. Charles, how do you see this game playing out?
0: Well, as I said uh, when you got knocked off, to me, right now going into the playoffs, Montreal is the most interesting team to me because this is their first appearance in the playoffs in a while. It's the first playoff ge- coaching game for Kahari Jones, and it's the first playoff start for Vernon Adams. So uh, they're really one of the teams that I think is a, a real question mark. I know they had a really good season. But as we were saying earlier, the the playoffs are a completely different animal. There's more intensity, and you, there's more pressure, because if you lose, you're done. Uh, so yeah. there's no second chances at this point. you got to win out. Um, so we're going to see how Montreal reacts to this, because they have not been in situations like this very much over the past few seasons. Having said that, the Eskimos have not uh, had, in my mind, a very good season. In fact, their record this season is worse than their record a year ago. A lot of people said, oh, that they were, if you remember back last February, coming out of uh, free agency, they're like, oh, the big winners are Edmonton. Look at them. They're stacked. They're stacked. Uh, it's not going to matter that they got lost Mike Riley. Well, they've got a worse record this year than they did last year. I, they didn't make the playoffs this last year. They were 9-9, nine and nine, but, um, yeah, they were able to squeak in just because uh, B.C. had an even bigger free fall this year than they did. Um, but um, so this is an interesting one, too. Trevor Harris, uh, he's another anomaly, uh, whether or not he can have uh, a big game uh, uh, going into the playoffs this year. The last playoff game he played was probably one he's going to want to forget because it was a Grey Cup game last year in Edmonton which he did not play particularly well in. So he wants to make amends. And there's also the question of health, of whether he is still 100%. He had that long-term injury just at the uh, end of the season. Uh, He did come back and play one game, which they lost. So we'll see how uh, healthy and good he is to go in this one. Um, But – Anyways, this one is a real interesting one to call. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with the home team on this one. I just think they're almost a team, one of those teams that doesn't know any better. They play like it, that uh, they're just going to go out loose and stuff like that. Let's face it. If you really think about it, the Montreal Alouettes are playing with house money. No one expected them to do anything this year. If you remember, we go, we went back and looked at it last show. We all picked them to play, finish last in the East. Well, they finished second. They got a home playoff game. They've got some momentum. And I think um, it's going to um, going to uh, be enough to get them past. I think Vernon Adams is out to prove that he's not just a flash in the pan, that he can get it done in a big game. And I, quite frankly, just don't um, – I'm not sold – I haven't been sold all year on the Edmonton Eskimos. I just don't think they're a very good team. I just think Montreal is better, so I'm going to pick Montreal to win this one. Uh, I think it's going to be relatively close, with maybe Montreal just pulling away on the uh, at the end. So I'm going to call this game uh, Montreal 33, Edmonton 25.
2: Okay. Thirty-three twenty-five for Charles here, and you're taking who in that Montreal? you taking
0: Montreal, yes. Thirty-three
2: twenty-five. Okay, a couple of things that uh, we have to look at in here is uh, they played two games. East West teams play two games each, right? Or t- uh, a home and away game against each other. Um, Edmonton won the first one, which week one really doesn't count, in my opinion, because that's basically preseason still. And then in week six, uh Montreal won, but I think that
0: was the first
2: game that uh Kahari Jones coached and they won a game, right? So
0: No no they, they Jones was the coach. No, no, right Kahari
2: was coaching from week one, I'm sorry, my my bad. Yeah. Yeah, so they they uh anyhow, week six, it's been a long time since these two teams went head to head. So I I'm not holding my breath on this one. I'm not looking It doesn't show much. I don't know if that's making any sense. My my mind's in a diff, couple of different directions right now. Okay. Uh William, what what, what what's your take on this game? I well, should say that Ma, Mark has taken uh Montreal
1: 28-23. Um you know what? I think I think Edmonton has more experience because you know they've got they've got Trevor Harris and they've got uh, Ellingson and they've got uh, CJ Gable, um, but I don't I don't think Edmonton's a better team. They could be on any given day. I mean, let's not forget that at the beginning of the year, Trevor Harris was on pace to throw for six thousand yards. He was yep. going to be the hands down MOP of the CFL if he kept on going that way, and then the wheels kind of fell off a little bit, and Trevor Harris got hurt, and so on and so forth. But once again, it is very tough for a team to, for some reason, you know what? And I've heard this, I've heard this question three or four times this week on the so-called professionals, and and the question was why is it so hard to win in the crossover? And none of them really had a good answer. I mean, they talked about the time change. Yes, I'm serious. They talked about the time change. They talked about, you know, you're the fourth place team. So nobody really had an answer. So, and and I don't know why it is either. I'm thinking if you're if you're a better team than the other team, then it doesn't matter where you play; you should beat them. But that's just me. Um, but
2: that's not what the case is. But if you if you go back through history, okay, the BC Lions have have played the crossover position more times than any other team. Okay. Yep. And they've won yep. the game once. They they won the semifinal right. game once. OK, but they're always in a pathetic position. They're always w- way worse team than the second place Eastern team. OK,
0: uh-huh.
2: it's not a, it's not a fair com- competition. OK, it, yeah, they're a fourth place team. And that's that's just fact. And it, it's only because of the pathetic nature of the Eastern division this year, particularly at most years in general, I'll <clears throat> Toronto and Ottawa this year. I mean, seriously, four wins? I mean, yeah. Edmonton could have been the BC Lions, could have crossed over this year. Okay? Let's just say Edmonton didn't exist. BC Lions would have crossed over this year. Would you have put any faith in them beating Montreal?
1: Not a whole hell.
2: No right? But they qualified for the crossover position this year. Okay? They really did. Because they, they had more points than the, the third-place Eastern team. Right. So how do, you ex- how do you expect them to win a semifinal game against the 10 and 18? Who actually has their shit together? No. Right? If, if, the, if the so-called experts can't answer this, then they're not much of an expert. Go back and and look at the the standings. In every year that the crossover has happened, and look at how the fourth-place team and the second-place Eastern team, very, very, very rare is the fourth-place Western team have a better standings than the second place. Okay? It happened last year b c was nine and nine and Hamilton was eight and ten, but Hamilton was definitely a better team.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: okay, But that's a rarity when when the eastern second place eastern team has a worse off record now if that if, if they if they went by the standings, b c should have had the home game it made a difference having home field advantage to take out Hamilton, it might have. Hamilton's a tough team to beat in Hamilton. On any day.
1: Okay.
2: Bill, what's your score? What's your take on this game?
1: Can I can I finish talking now? Read
2: like well, you, you started this. You went, not, you went off not, on a tangent. I'm not
1: finished talking. I'm not finished talking about Montreal. I haven't even started talking about Montreal.
2: I know that. Montreal, so go ahead.
1: Mon- Montreal, in my mind, is a, is a very good team. I don't know. I've I heard an interview this week with Kahari Jones, and just listening to that guy, okay, I know what the I know how why he's winning, is because he's such a loose guy and i And I think sometimes your your team emulates your coach, and he said at the beginning of the year, they had nothing to lose. and he started giving them he, he started giving them confidence and realized they could play. and they you, you say they have lots of young guys going into the playoffs, but they also have some veterans who've been in the playoffs. They got Siante Evans and Tommy Campbell who were both with Winnipe- or with Calgary and they've been to the Grey Cup twice, both of them. Um, they, they've they got uh, a couple of receivers that have been around for a long time, so I wouldn't count... I'd, I'd never count Montreal out, and they got Vernon Adams, and I think Vernon Adams is the big, big question mark. Vernon Adams can win any game by himself, hands down, and he can also lose any game by himself, hands down. So... It'll be, for me, it's going to be who shows up, Vernon Adams 1 or Vernon Adams 2. But I'm going to give it to Montreal because I've picked Montreal all year, and I'm going to go 38-27.
2: <coughs> okay, um Just because everybody picked Montreal, I'm going to pick Edmonton. I'm going to pick them 28-24, uh, um, and and only because of that reason, I honestly think Montreal's going to win the game. But I CJ's got to pick up some wins here somehow. Uh, I, I was thinking about something today, I, and you know, Will, what do you base your your pick your score picks on? Anything real, tangible? Or do you just ball? No, you just grab them out of thin air. No,
1: I just pull them out of my ass.
0: Yeah. Okay. And Charles,
1: what's your your base on? Um,
0: just kind of a general, you know, my feeling based on how I think the game's going to go. Uh,
2: what I'd like to do in the future, and maybe not just let the season finish and end because we started this way, I would like to be to for us to say I'm picking Montreal by five. Okay. Or I'm picking Montreal by eight. So if it's 42 to, to to 32, and you pick eight, you're out by 10 points. If it's 18 to to 28, you're out by 10 points. You're in the ballpark, right?
0: Sense. Whatever
2: you pick the pick the spread. So I think we should we should pick the winner and pick the spread.
0: No, yeah, I'm good with that.
2: Will, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I'm good thought? with that too. I'm good with that too. Absolutely.
2: Because I, I, I still, think that
1: I, I can still do scores where people get blown out. Because I can say Montreal by forty three, can't I? Yep, of course.
2: Right? Of course.
1: Of course. Right.
2: And 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 you're not wrong if it's fifty eight to twelve,
0: and you're not right. wrong
2: if it's forty three to one. Right. Right. Uh, and and I think that the closeness of the game. It, it, it's a more intelligent way of picking the score because right now okay. I think Edmonton and, and, and Montreal are fairly close. I would pick, you know, Montreal by five. Okay. Uh, but I have no idea whether they're going to score 30 points or 12, but I think they're going to beat Edmonton by five points. It's just anyhow, that's kind of what, what I was, I've been thinking lately and, uh, I'd like to do that next year if we can remember, because mm-hmm. picking the actual scores just to me is stupid. You know, because okay. we're we're trying we're trying not to pick the same score somebody else does,
0: so yeah. you know
2: we'll go one point up, one point down, and our spreads are the same.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean there. Yeah, yeah but you're still right? you're still gonna you're still gonna get. What if Charles gets to go first, for example, and he says Montreal by five? And in reality, I wanted Montreal by five. Right. You're going to go
2: Montreal by six, and I'm going to go Montreal by four, and Charles is screwed in the middle. Is that what you're saying? There
1: you go. Maybe. Yeah. So, it'll be very – what you'll have to do next year is you'll have to rotate the picks. Okay. You know what I mean? We can do that, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Sure.
2: I I think there's a solution to any problem that we come up with. But uh, I I just – I, I seriously, week in, week out, I am pulling numbers out of my ass and having no basis or no intelligence, no logic involved in them at all.
1: And and, and since we're on and I'm since so we're on,
2: far off, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Since we're on this discussion, the other rule we're gonna have to make there is that the guys who do not show up on the podcast
2: don't get to pick
1: can't can't pick until after the podcast. How does that sound right. that sounds fair to me,
0: yeah, I think that's a good thing that makes sense to me really Never. yeah
2: i i well I think somebody picking after the podcast has an advantage of seeing where everybody else has been first. And and, and yeah, but, strategically goes for that. Like, right now, Phil hasn't picked right now, okay? You've right, all gone Montreal. Right. If I had gone Montreal, then he could just grab Edmonton for the gimme. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. But, but, if, he pick, yeah, but
2: the, if he had to pick him before the podcast, then he would actually have to come out with a proper score.
1: Yeah, but if we're doing it this way, if he picks before the podcast and says... Montreal by five. If I want it, Montreal by five. I'm not going to get to pick that. Yeah, you
2: know I, mean? I, I understand. I understand. And we'll figure something out. And I think we've got the entire off season to figure it out. Yep. We we don't need to do that right now in the playoffs. We've got lots of other things I to mean, figure out in the playoffs that don't need to be figured out.
1: You know, and on top of that, we're all so old that, except for Charles, that we could die before the end before the next season, so Charles will have to carry this along. I know.
2: At least Charles has the login. He can continue with the podcast. That's not, not more or anything. No, it's not, but yes, it's reality. It it's uh, what you we you have the ability to RRs. go in there, Charles. you'd have to go in there and change my credit card information and stuff and take it over, Charles, okay?
0: Okay.
2: Uh, hi, little man. How are you? I'm in the middle of a radio show. I don't have time to talk to you. Sorry. Okay. Night-night. Sorry, guys.
0: That's
1: okay. Um,
2: sometimes you just have to be a papa.
1: Kids have to do what kids have to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I usually put my mic on mute and do that and let you guys talk away when it happens. But the, the little guys come and say goodnight to me every every show. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just didn't feel like it right now. I just, I'm, I'm really in a I don't give a fuck mode. Okay uh, <laughs> then. I don't. My, my level of giving a shit right now is pretty low. Okay. So um. <laughs> moving on. Okay, so that's the end of the that the Eastern semifinal game running at ten o'clock Saturday morning on the West Coast. It will be a, a 1 o'clock in the afternoon kickoff in the East, and uh, off we go. Now, uh, this is something that really kind of bothers me, and let's just look at the schedule here and see if I'm right or wrong or what's going on. The Eastern game is at 10, and then the Western game is at one thirty. So there is the half-hour buffer in there again this year. So that's a good thing. At least they're not jumping up on top of each other if it's a – overtime or going extended longer, anything else. And then the talking heads get to have their, their say in between the games. I mean, the panel, um, we, we should go to these games live. Would that be fun? No. Ah, uh, sounds cool. Uh, the second game is, uh, in Calgary cause they won the right to host the semifinal game by beating the BC lions and Winnipeg, uh, Kind of just kind of sat around and watched because they had a bye in the last week and they had just lost to Calgary the week before. Um, so, oh well, Winnipeg, you suck. And you're not going to win the Grey Cup this year and it's 29 years in counting. Or is it 30 years in counting? It's one of the other. Bomber fans are going to be so disappointed with Todd this Mogey. football game. And
1: Todd Mogi doesn't care.
2: And Todd Mogi doesn't care. He doesn't care whether they win or lose, which is – you know what? Quite frankly, is bullshit. Okay, because he's oh, yeah. one of the worst.
1: Oh yeah. Uh,
2: arrogant. Oh yeah. Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans this year in your face. Oh, we're going rah rah rah. But it's except for when the wheels fell off the bus, and then the bombers looked like they were mortal and ordinary and less than stellar, and then it was oh, I don't care what happens. It, it, it's. Before, it's oh, in your yes. face and, oh, yeah, 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 bullshit. I'm not buying that for a heartbeat. And, I, and you saw the discussion today. It was like bomber fans were all over BC because for firing their coach, right, which we're going to get to in a little while. But, I mean, come on. Give your head a shake. And did you see how I I, I, I just played the rider fan there and I just changed the subject completely away from the topic that I didn't want to deal with and threw it all on the bombers and started trashing them? And, and, and he yeah. got into defensive mode, and it, it worked really well. I it completely changed the subject. I, I'm very proud of myself. Okay. Uh-huh. So, the second game, Western semifinal in Calgary. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh-huh. are going to play the Calgary Stampeders. It's going to be a cold game. What's going to happen in this one? William, you want to start off?
1: Yes, We're
2: we're, going to rotate this a little bit here. Number
1: one, I mean, these two teams know each other really well because they've played each other back-to-back in the last three weeks of the season. In the last three weeks of the season. Now, I, I hear a bunch of people saying, oh, but the Bombers had a bye week and they can change things. Okay, number one, when you have a bye week, most of your team disappears, okay? They go on vacation. They go visit their families. They don't stay in town. And so a bye week is great for rest. But as far as putting in new systems, they don't do that because nobody's around to do it with. So they have just as many days as the Stampeders have to prepare, which is five or six days because they both start it today. And uh, so, I, that's a bunch of crap as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I I personally, and, and you can call me a homer, but I think the Peters are better than the Bombers on any given day as long as they execute like they're supposed to. Because they are a young team, and some weeks they have stinkers. Let's face it. And... Charles was saying, you know, are these guys going to step up in the playoffs? My my question is, are some of the Stampeders' young players going to step up in the playoffs? That's one of my concerns. My other concern is the Stampeders really don't – the Stampeders have a – their running game is ninth in the CFL. That's right, ninth in the CFL. They were worse than Ottawa. They were worse than – then Toronto ninth in the NBC. CFL and BC, okay. So that's a concerning thing for me. But on the other hand, the Bombers were ninth in the CFL in passing, okay. So I, I think these teams, these two teams, are pretty evenly matched. Um, the the only reason I would like to see Calgary win is I think Calgary has a better chance of going into Saskatchewan and beating Saskatchewan than the Bombers do. The Bombers never play well in Saskatchewan. So I'm, I'm going to throw it out there and say Stan Peters are going to win, I'm going to say 28-10. to
2: 28
1: to
0: 10? 28 to 10. Wow. Okay. Hmm.
2: Marks picked the score of Winnipeg 27, Calgary 24. Charles, which way you're going to lean on this one?
0: Well, this one's a tough one, but uh, hmm. if it were, uh, what's his name? Zach Caleros, or excuse me. Chris Trevler started this would be a much easier one for me to predict but because it looks like it's going to be Caleros that makes this a tougher call because quite frankly I think um, um, he makes the Bombers a lot better football team and I think it showed uh, last time when he started Um, Calgary's a tough place For teams to play especially uh, in the playoffs it's very rare uh, to see Calgary lose at home now I know obviously uh, you know back in the years previous uh, you know in the 90s that (laughs) was almost the backwards way because they would finish first every year and then they collapse in the playoffs but in recent years uh, with especially since Bo Levi Mitchell has been on the team, Calgary typically doesn't lose at home. They're a very tough football team. Uh, Winnipeg, for the first half of the season, looked like the best team in the CFL, and they completely leveled off. Is this a case of a team peaking too early? Uh, Because they have not been great down the stretch. Uh, They've been mediocre, I think, and that might be a bit generous even. Um, so I think it's a a tough one to call, um, because there are, uh, these are, um, two football teams that are, have been kind of up and down this year. Um, Calgary, even with their, um, they even had their struggles this year, which we don't see, but they have played well lately. Um, Caleros does make them better but I don't think he makes them good enough to beat Calgary at home in the playoffs um, it's a tough one I think but I think um, the experience of Stampeders, a lot of there's still a lot of guys on this team that was that uh, won the Grey Cup last year and they're uh, the home field advantage I just think Calgary is going to be good enough to beat them I think Winnipeg with Zach Caleros keeps it close. But ultimately, I think Calgary is a better football team, and I think Calgary is going to win this game. I think it'll be, like I said, I think it'll be close, but I kind of see this one going um, Calgary's way, I'm going uh, to say 30-27. to
2: 30-27 for the Stampeders. Yes. Uh, no score from Phil, as I've said. I'm going to pick the Calgary Stampeders on this game. It just, you know what? You cannot count this team out. And in. I don't care where you are, whether you've got Bo Levi Mitchell or Nick Arbuckle in there. I don't, you cannot count this team out. Okay. You cannot. Now, Zach Toleros is definitely the wild card for me with Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He is a stellar quarterback. Um and, but has he been with the team enough? Has he got enough? Has he got back into game speed? Has he he looked good in the, the the only game he got to play? But was it enough? I I don't know. I I really don't know. I I I cannot bet against Zach Caleros. I just think that he is definitely the dark horse, the wild card, the whatever you want to call it here in this in this matchup. He, if, if he comes out and plays a good game of football, I'm not sure Calgary could stop him. If Calgary throws pressure at him and makes him move around and makes him think about what he's doing and, and, and hit him a couple of times, I you might get him off his game. Uh, but the Winnipeg O-line is protecting him quite well. So I'm going to pick the Calgary Stampeders, and I'm going to pick a 35-28. Okay. So, uh, Charles, just for the record's sake, you got Calgary by three. Will has Calgary by 18. Um, Mark has Winnipeg by three. And I have Calgary by seven. See how that
0: works?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I did. Now, if, if it's Calgary by seven, but the score is, like, 28 to 21. I'm not going to win, but I did pick Calgary by seven. Okay. Anyhow, beside the point. uh, I just think that that's a better way for us to do this, and we don't look like such idiots picking. You know, we're going to pick a a score of 24-21, and it ends up 48 to 39, and going, oh fuck, were we off there, eh? But in reality, it was only tackling spread. Okay. That's the end of that game. That's who the matchup's going to be. So we are, um, for the most part, we're picking the Montreal Alouettes to uh, defeat the Edmonton Eskimos. And we're going to pick the Calgary Stampeders to defeat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So that would put up a uh, Hamilton-Montreal matchup in the finals. And it will put up a um, uh, Calgary-Saskatchewan finals. Uh, real quick, Charles, who do you think is going to win in the East? Hamilton?
0: Right now, I would say probably Hamilton, yes.
2: And, Will, you going to agree with that? Or not to? Nope,
1: Montreal. Montreal.
2: You, you're going to take Montreal over wow. Hamilton?
1: Wow.
2: wow. Cool. And uh, Calgary and Saskatchewan, Will. you taking Calgary. You're figuring they're the only ones that can beat Saskatchewan at home. Uh, Charles? Who are you going to take between the, the Riders and the Stamps?
0: Charles? Charles, yeah. where are you? I'm thinking. Um, thinking.
2: Who's unwrapping the chocolate
0: the, bar? That's I'm going to take the Stamps.
2: You're going to take the Stamps, yeah. I would take I the Stamps, and so i think so take curious. Hamilton.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, so we got our scores for this weekend, and I hope that that's okay. Um let's move on and talk about something exciting. Maybe not for, not for you, but maybe for me, it's BC Lions fire coach Devon Claybrooks. This didn't surprise me in one iota, although I believe that he should have got an, a, a second year to prove that he could do it. I. Uh, they had five victories, two of them against Toronto, two of them against Ottawa, and one against Montreal. They split with Montreal. That's okay. The only wins you got were teams worse than you, and you were pathetic. BC Lions were an absolutely terrible team this year, and their five wins splattered them. Uh, and so, yeah, somebody's got somebody's to hit the road with that one, and it ended up being Devon Claybrook. I was never pleased with this hiring. I don't like defensive coaches. I I I didn't know enough about Clay Brooks to form an opinion on him. I I I just I defended him because he was our coach, and if he wants to wear his hat sideways like a little kid, he can do that. I just you know I just I defended him. He's our coach. We got to we got to stick up for him. We can't yell and scream and bitch and hoot and holler about it. We we got to come together as a unit and be the fans of our team. And I, I believe in that. I still believe in that. But now that he's gone, I'm not sorry. I, I, I am absolutely not sorry that he has left the BC Lions. Uh, I did not like the way that he was coaching. I didn't like the coaching staff he put together. And I didn't like the direction the team went. I, I'm pleased that, uh, you know, somebody had the logic to get rid of Brian Chu and that O-line, scheming O-line, because it, just, it was too complicated for the boys that were there. I their mean, they're O-linemen. We're trying to make it too funny. He, he got rid of Dan DeRazio. I'm, I'm sorry, but how can you follow a coach that you need an O-line and you get rid of the best O-line coach the CFL has ever seen and you bring in Brian Chu? If there was not warning, bells going off in everybody's head when that happened, I don't know what, what's going on. I mean, that in itself was the kicker for me. Why would you let Dan Durazio go? You're a rookie coach. You need all the help you can get. So you go off and you get this one step up from a rookie O-line coach. At least Kelly Bale had some experience in this. Uh, Not Kelly Bale, Kelly Bates.
0: Kelly Bates.
2: Kelly Bale has no, ex- no experience in online coaching, nor did he hire you.
0: I don't think we want you as a coach. No offense, Kelly. No, no offense.
2: No offense. No offense.
0: No. No. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: I don't mind Devon Claybrooks, but have a nice life. Get out of BC. Charles, you're the other BC guy. Can you tell us what you think about this?
0: Well, to be perfectly honest, I'm going to kind of be a, uh, go the opposite way here, and I think that they gave up on him too quick. Uh, I saw some things that he did that I liked. I saw some things that he did that I, he, I didn't like. But I'm thinking here you got to look at this team, and this team had a lot of turnover in the offseason, a lot of new players. You had new coaches, new coaching staff. And I just think there are times when on a, a rookie head coach, you give up on him too quickly. Um, uh, you don't always get results right away. Sometimes you got to stick it out to um, get some continuity going. Uh, I, the, the example I keep uh, telling people, is mentioning, is Michael Shea in Winnipeg. Uh, he had struggled... Um, Mightily in his first couple of years, he had some pretty bad um, records in those first few years. But he was able to get in there, and I mean, the other, they're not the greatest yet, but they're they're a better football team than when, I think most people would say they're a better football team than when he started. Uh, After seven
2: years, I hope so.
0: Well, yeah, of course, but <laughs> I just think... And they think
2: still I, haven't done anything.
0: Yeah, well... One one but, playoff
2: win in seven years? I don't know how he still has a job.
0: Yeah, well, that can be a bit of a good question. When if he loses on Sunday, he might not have a job anymore. But uh, having said that, um, and going forward, the... When you look at this, um, Clay Brooks, I just thought it made sense um, to just, you know, give him one more kick at the can. I mean, if he didn't start, if he got off to a bad start next year, get rid of him. I just think they just kind of gave up a little bit too early. I still think he's a good defensive coach, and I still think uh, he can uh, be an effective head coach. I think um, – I would have liked to have seen him at least get a bit of a uh, a shot next year. I mean, uh, again, I think sometimes people are uh, teams are so quick to get rid of a rookie head coach, and I know they didn't have a great season. I'm not saying they had a great season, but I do think that you know you got to look at it. He, he, new players, new system, new everything. You're not always going to get instant results. Sometimes you got to stick it out, and I thought they would stick it out with him. I thought he'd get at least at least part of next year to show that he's um that he um uh, belongs but apparently they had different um they had different ideas and um maybe they had um it was a case of um, Ed Hervey um sacrificing Devon Claybrooks to keep his job. Now I'm hearing that there could be more changes coming down the pipeline, so it may still be that Ed Hervey is not safe yet. We don't know. Um, But I just think they are making him somewhat of a scapegoat when you look at the factor that this team was not good enough coming out of training camp. And to me, that's more on Ed Hervey than it is on Devon Claybrooks. He can coach, but he's only coaching with the – the tools that Ed Herbie gave him. But having said that, uh, what's done is done. Um, Devon Claybrooks is no longer coach, and uh, it's time to move on. But uh, I thought he was going to get a chance. I had thought, you know, give him a little bit more time, but apparently the uh, brass of the BC Lions thought otherwise.
2: Yeah. Okay. Now, William, we had some interesting talks today about Yvonne Claybrooks and what he, what the uh, Calgary Stampeder organization thought of him. Uh, you want to enlighten us on that, or you want to not?
1: Well, no, um, I, I think. Okay, so the 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 Lions went what this year? What was their record? Five and five Lions. and thirteen. What was it? 5 and 13, okay? Yeah. Guys guys have had 5 and 13 records and kept their jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it was all football. I think it was something that went on behind closed doors, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I and I've said before that I've heard things And I can't repeat my sources, but I've heard things about Devon Claybrooks that they were happy to see him go in Calgary. Now, I guess we'll, I guess, you see, and I I was thinking today, would Devon Claybrooks go back to Calgary? I don't think Calgary would do that to to Craig Bunsen, who took over from Devon Claybrooks.
2: No. Calgary's not that kind of an
1: organization. Calgary's not that kind of an organization. Depending, though, on how Calgary does for the rest of the year, okay, that might make a factor. Maybe Dave Dickinson likes him there. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it seems that the guys who leave the Stampeders organization never get back in again, except Darren Dennis. Well, I'm talking yeah. coaches and, well, okay. and Derek Dennis, I guess, sure. Um, and he's been better since he's come back as opposed to being in Saskatchewan. <clears throat> Once again, I go back to the system or the player. And in this in this situation, was it the system or was it the coach? Okay, so it'll be interesting. But in reality, Devon Claybrooks can sit back for two years, right, because he still has a two-year contract left. That they have to he pay him. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I just I, it doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth that they fired him. Um, I'm assuming. I would have just assume that means the entire coaching staff is gone, with the exception of Herbie's guys, which are which is Jarius Jackson. And I think of out of everybody this year, he would have should have been the first guy to go. I think I'd say he should go, too. I, I don't think any
0: of them should come back. And I think that uh, the um, new coach, whoever that might be, got to bring in his own
1: guys. Well, yeah, and that's what's going to happen. So um, whoever that new coach might be. But I, I'm, I'm trying to speculate here on who the next coach is. Okay? If it's not Rick Campbell and if it's not Jason Moss, who do you think it's going to be? Are they going to take a guy from a different organization an OC? Hopefully they'll take an OC or or a special teams coach, Christopher Jones? Um Mark Kalen? Or maybe yeah, I don't think known. that's a, I don't think that's available. I don't think it is either. Cuz he is a coach now so i i that's one of the reasons i would have, I'm i would thinking, have rather
2: had him than Claybrooks,
1: well, yeah, but one of the things I'm thinking is who do you take? Do you take a five and thirteen Devon Claybrooks Brooks, or do you take Jason Moss? There's you two I, picks who are you gonna pick
2: well no there's more picks out there i have I have two well no, no, two, I'm just two people you haven't even suggested yet.
1: Okay, well, suggest them
2: well, I think Kahari Jones is up for bids right now, although what he's done in Montreal is nothing short than amazing. I think he should have been uh very high up in the coach of the year um category there um and I'm not sure that Montreal's stable enough that I would tie my horse to so but if they are if in, Kahari, apparently
1: they are in negotiations right now, so.
2: And, and that and that's fine, great. Okay, that doesn't mean that Kahari's going to take those
1: negotiations. Uh, they didn't
2: remove the interim coach thing label off of him the entire season, and they should have. They should have at least given him a vote of confidence halfway through the year and removed that. So I don't know how comfortable he is staying in that franchise. I wouldn't be, but then you know, so be it. I'm I, I like I'm a bit of a risk taker in that aspect of things. I don't think Kahari quite is. Uh, Kahari's family, when they were in BC, they loved it here and everything else. So Kahari was the OC, and he was a, actually quite a good OC. He, just, I think, he was hampered in his ability to call plays properly by the head coach at the time, Wally. So, and, and that's and they're caught created some conflict there. Now Wally's gone, so I think Kahari could come in here and be able to do his own. He's not my number one choice. My number one choice is a double-edged sword. I'm not really jumping up and down about the concept of another rookie head coach, but I think the best candidate out there is Tommy Condell, the OC in Hamilton. I want to see a, a offensive minded head coach. Now, Devon Clayburks is a defensive coach. No question about that. We know that. So that means you have to have a stellar, elite offensive coordinator. Okay? You can have a weak offensive coordinator if you have a strong, offensive-minded coach, head coach. But you can't have a rookie defensive coach and a weak-ass offensive coordinator like Jarius Jackson. And that was a recipe for disaster with BC. I would like to see Tommy Condell as our next head coach. Uh, he deserves the, the chance. He is a stellar, stellar OC. And I can't see him. I mean, an OC is a natural step up into head coach. Uh, the only person I would have rather had than Tommy would have been Jamie Elvando. And he's going to the XFL. And that's who I wanted last year. That was my number one pick last year when Wally stepped down, was Jamie Alzando.
0: And I so, know a lot of people are probably thinking to themselves, well, he's in the XFL. How long is that going to last? The problem is, the. It's that's going to last. At least start up, at least yeah. start the season. And even if, let's say, they went half a season and folded, like the AAF, the Lions got to have a coach in place way before that.
2: Correct. 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 And I'm I'm not going to bet on a one-year coach so that we can get Jamie the year after in 2021. No, I'm not doing that. I want a coach for the future of the BC Lions, and I think that coach is Tommy Tommy Condell. Um, I really think uh, Rick Campbell, I would not complain with Rick Campbell. I think he's a wonderful coach. I think he's very smart. He's good with the players everything else. I just think his deal with Edmonton is already done. I mean, Rick Campbell used to coach in Edmonton. His father was Hugh Campbell, the legendary coach in, in Edmonton. Uh, Brock Sunderland, the assistant GM in Ottawa, has gone to Edmonton as the GM. Uh, Trevor Harris, his quarterback, is, is in Edmonton. Craig Ellington, a, a plethora of other Ottawa Red Blacks are all over in Edmonton, all good players that he had coached in the past. And everybody speaks highly of him. It, 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 it's a no-brainer for me to think that Rick Campbell's going to Edmonton. To think otherwise, I think, would be ridiculous. So I'm not speculating he's coming to BC. There's rumors out there he's coming to BC. And, in fact, Farhan Haji uh, pointed out today that um, Ed Hervey has asked permission from Ottawa Redblacks to talk with Rick Campbell. And uh, I just – Why? Waste of money. Waste of money flying them in. I would point blank ask him a question. Have you come to an agreement with the Edmonton Eskimos? Are you in negotiations with them? Okay, yeah, sorry. How can I say? Talk problem to me is when, when it's done. I know he can't say no. yes. I know he can't say yes. I it know he can't say yes. tampering. Yes, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not tampering. If the edmonton S polls right now are talking with Rick Campbell, it's not tampering. Rick Campbell is not a member of the Ottawa Red He has resigned. He has said that he is leaving. Just because Jason Moss is still under contract doesn't mean that this is tampering. It would be tampering if they had fired Jason Moss and Rick Campbell was still under contract with Ottawa. That's tampering. Tampering is what the Saskatchewan Roughriders did with Chris Chobas and Edmonton. That's tampering. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is not tampering. You can talk to Rick Campbell all you want. You can come to an agreement. We are firing Jason At- Moss' ass. That is a fake complete. It just it, It's going to happen. There's no way that Edmonton's winning the Great Cup to save his job. It doesn't matter if they win, they win one game. It doesn't matter anything. He's gone down the highway. Rick Campbell... He's he's the man we want. Uh, we've got him signed. We've got him locked up. We've come to an agreement. That's not tampering. That's perfectly legal right now in this league. Fair so, the point whether or not he has come to an agreement or his, his heart is going to Edmonton. Uh, you know, what's your opinion of this? And uh, he's well, I'm going to well, to keep on my office open. It. I'm sorry man. I think I can read bullshit when I hear it. Rick Rick Campbell's going to Edmonton. Michael Shea's going to Toronto. Uh I think La Police will be uh promoted in Winnipeg. Uh Jason Moss to Ottawa. Uh, I'd like to take Kahari Jones to BC, but then I don't know. I, I really think the only option B.C. has right now is that, sorry, shows are Tommy Condell. Unless there's somebody outside of the box that I'm not even seeing. And please fucking don't tell me it's uh, Jason Moss.
0: No, I... You will,
2: I, you will, you will cripple the franchise if you do that.
0: Yeah. I've seen so many people today saying they want nothing to do with Jason Moss in B.C., yeah, and I think most people would agree with that. I know I do, I I don't I he's the last guy I want anywhere near this team. To be perfectly honest,
2: yeah. No, please, please don't do that. Ed, don't
0: do that. If
2: he if, if Ed hires Jason Moss, I I hope David Bradley fires him instantly. Mm-hmm. I I hope at least he has the balls or the the all to talk to. Him. David Brandy bought it first, and David's going to say, fuck no. Please. Okay, Charles, who do you see coming to the bench?
0: (sighs) I don't think you want to see any. uh, I I would love to see Kahari Jones because I, I really like what I've seen from him in Montreal this year. I don't think it's going to be Kari Jones. I think if Kari Jones goes anywhere else, he might end up, you'll see him with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, where he had the biggest success of his playing career. Um, One guy that I know that, if I'm not mistaken, Ed Hervey has tried to get in the past. I remember he tried to get him in Edmonton with Noel Thorpe, So I think he's a possibility because I think Ed Hervey courted him previously. Um, And I know that's not going to fit all that well with you because I know you're not a big um, defensive coach guy, but uh, I think Noel Thorpe still capable of being a good head coach in the CFL. Um, Why has he been
2: passed over so many times?
0: Well, that's the only one concern with me because, Uh, that's the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause about him. Um, I mean, I
2: like Noel Thorpe. He's a great defensive mind. He's a great DC. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Noel Thorpe and Orlando Steinauer, and Orlando Steinauer has proved that he can do it. Uh, Does Noel Thorpe get the chance? I I think he should get a chance. I just don't want it to be in BC because I don't think we can risk two rookie defensive-minded coaches in a row.
0: Yeah. Yep. And um, uh, the other guy I actually wouldn't mind seeing is, you brought him up earlier, is Mark Killian uh, out of Calgary. Um, I don't personally think he's leaving Calgary, so I think that's probably a pipe dream. Yeah. Uh, And another guy who might be in the mix, we've heard his name uh, mentioned in the past with BC, is Paul Apelis. I'm not saying I want him necessarily, but I think his name would probably be in the mix, especially if Michael O'Shea does leave Winnipeg and Kahari Jones is brought in. I don't, think, I don't see a scenario there where um, Paul Appelice wants to stick around. So I think that opens him up as a possibility here in BC. So I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but I think that I see that at least as uh, somewhat of a possibility.
2: Okay. I am not arguing with that. I all of those things are, are definitely been forefront in my mind. Uh, I think Lapolice is going to stay in Winnipeg. I, Mike Joche is gone. He he shouldn't stay there. I mean, doesn't matter what Winnipeg does this year. He's just not been successful enough in there to stay. <laughs> oh my God! Really? I don't know. I'm gonna go back to Will. Will, do you have any uh any further thoughts on this one? Have you changed your mind? Have you come up with a better idea? Is there something that Charles or I said that you happen to agree with?
1: No. <laughs> Asshole. You know what? I I no no, I don't want Jason Moss. Um well, sure, that you Tommy too, Condell Tommy Condell's a, a, a thought. i that's that's the part I didn't get about them firing Claybrooks. who is out there that's gonna make a difference? Are they gonna turn on and take another chance with another rookie well that's okay. that's a
2: big challenge, isn't it?
1: Mhm, yeah, it is, mm-hmm. and we know the c f l is never about bringing guys in from the outside who don't know anything about the c f l Look at Mike Sherman in Montreal last year, right? He didn't want to adapt, and he was a dinosaur. So, I, I I don't know. I just, I don't know who they bring in. But, I mean, Hervey must have somebody in mind. And, like, for him, and, was, was Jason Moss and himself together in Edmonton at any time?
0: Yes, he brought yep. Jason Moss in. He's the one that hired Jason oh, Moss away
2: from Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the one that hired Jason Moss. This is why it scares the shit out of me. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. What's I, I, I would be. I would be very scared, too. Um, You never know. Maybe Paul is, is is ready to take another shot at a head coaching job. I mean, come on. Just think of it. Where would you rather coach? Winnipeg or BC? Winnipeg or B.C.? You
2: know, and that's the thing that Todd Mogius is saying. Oh, yeah, what Who? What respectable coach out there is going to want to go to B.C. after the way they treated Devon Claybrook? They go,
0: all of them? <laughs> well, and I, I
1: didn't see online. I didn't say online. Let's change the subject a little bit. <laughs> there was one comment there on today. What the B.C. Lions have to do to get better is, is – Play in an outdoor stadium because their building is shit. And yeah. i like, really did I just did I just see that? Yeah, you did. I can't believe I just saw that. That's someone
0: who's never <sighs> been to like, the
1: building and just making an assumption based on what they see on TV. There's well, no, no, I'm it. thinking it's somebody. It's somebody who's never lived in BC and realizes it doesn't didn't realize it rains there. Okay, that too.
2: It's cold when it
1: rains. Colder than minus
2: 40. Yes, right. Plus two in rain. plus two rain with wind in Vancouver is far worse than minus 40. Far worse, okay? I've experienced both of them. the majority of people out there who say minus 40 is cold. It's, yes, it's cold. but you don't you're not soaking wet. you're not dripping to the bone with the wind coming at you. It's, it's, it, it, they're totally different. I've experienced both of those, and until you have, until you sat in Empire Stadium in November and pissed down rain on you and that north wind coming in through the goalposts, you have no idea what cold is. No idea. Cold. You can't even, like, imagine like, cold. I've,
1: like I've mentioned before. The coldest football game I've ever been to was in Seattle. Yep. When they played when they played in the old Husky Stadium when they were redo when they were de- building their new yep. one. Yep. Yeah. And it was in October and the wind blows in off of Puget Sound. Yep. Yep. And it was raining and I have Never ever been that cold in my life, and I've been to football games in Winnipeg when it's minus thirty out. Yeah, and that cold was a bone. It was a bone cold. I always remember that.
2: You don't warm up for days. You literally, you you cannot warm up. Okay, so BC has a dome stadium for a reason. Now that being said, that being said. I am a proponent of having a different stadium. I believe that the, there's a two different things. What is it going to take for BC Lions to get better? And what is it going to take for the, the, the fans to come back to the BC Lions? Those are two separate issues, okay? BC Lions getting better as a football team is far easier to fix
0: mm-hmm.
2: than having a movement of, of the fans. That team has to get out of downtown Vancouver. That team has to be at 152nd and Highway 10 in South Surrey. Okay? Bring a new SkyTrain line in. Bring a stadium in there, and, and, and you will pack it. Bring me a, a 28,000 seat stadium, and it will be packed to the Ravens every single game because the fans are from the valley. They're not in downtown. And if you keep it, close, if, if the new SkyTrain run, comes out of King George Station, and comes down Highway 10 to Langley like it's supposed to, then there's no excuse for the people from the, the city core not to come out. That's where that stadium should be. That's how you save this team. That is how you build a franchise, is to put in a nice stadium out there. Put a roof on it. You need a roof. On a sm- much smaller, intimate stadium, just like everything else. We don't need 60,000 seats anymore or 55,000, whatever the stadium is. It's, it, 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 I'm, I'm sorry that they spent half a billion dollars renovating it or three-quarters of a billion dollars because they built a stadium that nobody wants. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love going there. But it's not the right place. It's not the right location for that football team. They need to be out in the valley where the fans are, where the blue-collar workers are because the CFL is a blue-collar game. That's how you save this franchise. I'll put a roof on it. The fans won't sit in the rain. I don't. I'm not getting any arguments from you, but I'm not getting too much agreement.
0: No, I no, I agree. I'd love the to put a stadium there because uh, it is not the downtown area is, is way different from when that stadium was first built that downtown area its congestion its uh, and the majority of football fans in fact a large majority of football fans do not live in the downtown area in fact i would say a very uh minority of fans they're coming from they're coming from Langley they're coming from Surrey they're coming from the Valley they're coming from Coquitlam And a lot of people just don't like going into Vancouver, especially for, like, Friday night games because you're dealing with rush hour. Thursday night games are an absolute joke. I don't know why they still do that. Uh, They're not learning their lesson. But, um, yeah, to me it makes a lot of sense, actually, to have a stadium out uh, closer to the suburbs because I think you'd find that people will come uh, a lot – a lot more uh, if it's right out of the, the downtown core. To be perfectly honest,
2: do you know the area I'm talking about, Charles?
0: You said what? One fifty <laughs> second and Highway Ten. And Highway Ten. So that's in that area. When you come out of come out of the Cloverdale area, area yeah. So down in the Surrey, it's actually got yeah. easy access from Highway ninety nine and Highway ninety one. So yeah, that All that, that area makes a lot of lot of sense. The only issue there might be transit, but I think but they that's could probably say they're supposed they're supposed out. to
2: bring they're supposed to bring the sky train from King George station where it ends.
0: Yeah. And it's supposed to
2: it's set up right to come down that corridor. Right. Right into downtown Langley. Mhm. So if, yeah, if, if
0: a lot of If you put a
2: stadium there then it almost forces TransLink's hand to to put that yeah extend the skytrain down there, and uh it's just a nice big flat low floodplain it's the old river bottom, but you know it's definitely definitely where I would build a
0: stadium yeah, it makes sense to me i would build
2: do that with the practice facility right with it I would build a um uh, a a medium rise high rise sort of thing uh fourteen, fifteen stories. I would have billets in there. I would have a part of it be a hotel. It's where I would house the the visiting teams. It's where I would have all my my players um, uh, rooming with each other, you know, everything. You could have everything right on site. Yep. And the SkyTrain allows the players to go downtown. It allows them to go anywhere they want. I just think it's a better answer.
0: Mm hmm Yep.
2: Will, any comments? Because we're totally off base of our subject right now.
1: We are kind of, yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah, I, whatever. I mean, I think the stadium is too big. Half of it is covered all the time. So, yeah, I would say if they could. But that's not going to happen anyway. I don't think there's well, enough it, interest out there.
2: Well, I don't, I don't, don't necessarily believe that that's true. And I, I know they're having problems with the thing. Actually, I told you guys, I think, I told you guys that I'm finally writing my letter to David Grayley on how to um, find new owners for the football team. Uh, it's a plan that I've been working on for five years, and uh, I'm finally going to do it. And I'm part way through the letter, and I should get it finished by the weekend. There's been some weird things happening in my life, so it kind of got put on pause the last few days. Okay. Let's move on from uh, the firing of Coach Devon Claybrooks and the uh, disaster of the BC Lions. Uh, Rick Campbell's out as uh, Red Black head coach. I think we've gone over most of that. Uh, Do you see him landing anywhere besides Edmonton, Will?
1: Yeah, I can see him going anywhere because I think he's a good coach. Um, Yeah. I think the reason he left Ottawa is he just didn't get along with Desjardins or whatever the crap his name is, and uh,
2: well, you know one hundred percent.
1: And it, and it's a funny thing. And it, I was listening to uh, the Waggle podcast, and and David Sanchez apparently is a good friend of Rick Campbell's, and he was saying, not once this year did you hear. Um, Rick Campbell blaming anybody but himself for the state of the team. And it shows you that he's a pretty classy guy because, I mean, he could have thrown it back at Desjardins all the time. He could have thrown it back on not having good enough players. But he didn't do that. And I and I think he's a true head coach, to be honest with you. And uh, obviously, um It's got to do with bloodlines because his father was a good coach and his father was a classy guy. And I think Rick Campbell's the same. And I think any organization organization to hire him would be great. And I think the obvious choice is Edmonton because, I mean, the Campbell name in Edmonton, he's a god. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think people would be very excited about him coming there. So
2: there you go. Okay. So let's take Edmonton off the the table. Where else would you see him go?
1: Montreal, BC, anywhere, Winnipeg, anywhere.
2: If he went anybody... to Winnipeg, that would be the Bombers would be a scary franchise.
1: Well, but he still he still did show this year that he needs good players, but everybody needs good players to play properly. You know what I mean? Or to have a winning team.
0: Oh,
2: hang on.
1: <clears throat>
2: he didn't even have a mediocre quarterback. Oh,
1: that team was nothing. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. But no, I mean, you, you, sorry, you can't sorry. make a team and, out of shit. And I know Todd Mogey and – and, and what's his name? We're going to freak out on this. But I don't know if Winnipeg had much better quarterbacks this year.
2: Oh, no. I, Matt Nichols is a mediocre quarterback, okay? I've always called him that. And I, I'll say he's above a mediocre quarterback because the, the Bombers did – we're winning decent games with him. And when he left, it, it hurt the franchise. Um Dom Davis and 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 Jonathan Jennings were were are not even close to him. No, I, I mean would, I,
0: would, I I would even take Strebler over or either one of those two. That's idiots. what I was going to say. I would have taken Strebler or Nickel over either one of those guys in a heartbeat.
2: Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I I, I don't know how that uh, that's going to play out.
1: But on the other hand, if I'm Rick Campbell, I'm going to pick my job because I also don't want to go to a team that does have weak-ass players. Okay, so I guess the obvious choice would be Edmonton because they have Trevor Harris. He's a good quarterback. Um, BC has Mike Riley. And Winnipeg has whoever. Nobody. I'm not sure who they're going to have next year.
2: If Zach Paleros right. stayed so, there, they Winnipeg would be a, an interesting choice. But I'm pretty sure
1: Zach's going back to Toronto. Right. Uh, yeah. And and I mean Toronto has not announced that Corey Chimlin doesn't have a job anymore, but I think that's coming. And I could see even I could even see Rick Campbell in Toronto. No. So
2: I cannot. I, I I do not yeah, but,
1: see him in Toronto. Yeah, but he was in Ottawa. It's not that big of a stretch. So.
2: Yeah. And I mean, okay.
1: Yeah. So.
2: And Charles, what do you see Rick Campbell doing?
0: To me, Edmonton makes a lot of sense with all the history of his family there in Edmonton. Uh, he's got history with Trevor Harris. He's got history with Brock Sunderland. So, I mean, let's just face it. The odds uh, – the, the Edmonton makes a lot of sense. I'm still not going to rule him out here in B.C. either because he does have history also with Ed Hervey and Rick Lellaschur, the, the team president. Uh, so I can't rule him out here in B.C., I do think Edmonton is the most likely uh destination. Uh and if I were betting if I were to bet money on it, that would be who I would put my money on, but I think it's either Edmonton or here in BC. I think those are really the only two destinations that I see Rick Campbell um arriving.
2: Yeah, okay. Okay, let's move on. What do we got? We got uh, we got post mortems on Ottawa, B.C., and Toronto. Haven't we been doing that all show?
1: Well, most Yeah, of I, I can sum them much. all up. Yeah, I can sum them all up with one phrase: they suck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Ottawa's biggest problem was they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. They didn't have a GM. Now, Ottawa has won a great Cup. They've been in three. Okay. They've only been in the league five years. Is it five years or is it seven? Five
0: years. Five years. Five. That's
2: pretty damn impressive for being in the league only five years to have three great cup appearances. But they are in the Eastern Division, and that's not overly hard. Um, they did build themselves a decent team right off the, back, off the backs of every other CFL team by the expansion draft. They were exempt from the um, – salary cap for the first couple of years, I believe. I, I've heard that several times, although I have never been able to prove it. And uh, I don't believe Marcel Desjardins built those teams. Because as soon as Brock Sunderland left the Ottawa Red Blacks, that team has never been the same. So I think that team had a lot more to do with the assistant general manager than it did the general manager. And that has a lot to do with how your team, I mean, your team is going to perform with the players that it's given. And I don't see the team, the players that Ottawa was given to play. Uh, Rick Campbell, it, I'm sorry, he, he just, it wasn't fair to him this year. How do you start a season with Don Davis and Jonathan Jennings as your starting quarterbacks and fighting over a starting position? They can't even fight over a third place position. Yeah, they would have been better with Drew Willie. I've seen him win. I've seen Jonathan Jennings win, too, but not in a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, Ottawa was a train wreck from, from free agency on. Yeah, just, there, there is a cancer in that city. There's a cancer in that football team and the players are running away. And that cancer is Marcel Desjardins. Mm-hmm. We, we, we know that by the way that Trevor Harris was treated. We know that the way that Greg Ellingson was treated. We know that by the way other players have said that they are, they're leaving because they can't stand the, the being in that team. And now the coach says, I'm not staying if he is.
0: And we even heard Henry Burris go off on him recently, too. Yeah, but Henry
2: Burris goes off on everybody. So, uh, Henry Burris has also said that he is interested in the general manager's position of the Ottawa Redblacks. Good luck interesting with that decision. one. Uh, is it a
0: bad idea? And again,. He probably can't do any worse than what Brock Sutherland's been doing, so maybe well, none no. No
2: of... no Brock Sutherland is an advocate. He's a good guy.
0: Or excuse right He's right down, excuse me.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh I'm half a mind to say give it to Burris. At least at least the fans, the, the players can rally around him. He's he's a great cup hero in that town. We'll show some life.
0: But the thing is,
2: has to be fired first.
0: You got to think, though. The thing is, are you really going to want, if Brock, or excuse me, uh, Marcel Desjardins has made a mess of this team, do you really want to hand the keys to a a rookie GM with no experience? Or would they be better off bringing, they'd they'd probably be better off bringing in a, um, bringing in someone that's got experience rebuilding a team like this. Because right now, they're in in tatters right now.
2: Is there such a thing as somebody that has experience rebuilding teams like this?
0: No. Is there such a thing?
2: Well, they don't all have jobs. I mean, well, they do, but just somewhere else. I mean, you you can think of Ken Austin.
0: Ken Austin?
2: I'm, I'm certainly not a fan of Ken Austin by any stretch of the means, right? I'm just not. But he did bring Hamilton to the playoffs the first two years that he was there. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. So, do you give him a chance?
0: You might. Hey, Maybe he'll bring in Joe Mack. Charles. That was a joke. That was a joke, by the way. That was tongue-in-cheek. That would have been better if I'm, Mark were here because he hates I'm Joe Mack. Sure. But.
2: I'm not sure it was funny. Well. I think you're being facetious more than funny. Okay, um, fair enough. <laughs> Joe Mack, come on. He's in Montreal. Look what's going on in Montreal right now.
0: hmm
2: Could he end up being the general manager in that team?
0: Well, I mean, he's been the acting general manager all year, so. Well, not all year, but yes, a good chunk of it. Well, since uh, since what's his face? Um,
2: Kavis Reed.
0: Yeah, maybe he'll end up in Ottawa. Hmm, because that, that that sounds like the recipe for success. What? Kavis Reed, he'll be the Ottawa GM. Good luck with that. Being facetious again, now, by the way.
2: Now you're just being mean. No. I mean, there's a lot of Ottawa Red Black fans out there I don't like, but I would never force that on them.
0: Mm-hmm. Keep it up, I'll be getting hate mail from Ottawa.
2: I get it now, so what's the difference? Well, they They don't like the way that we criticize the Eastern Division. Well, then get better. Okay. Will, what do you see Ottawa has done wrong? What do you see that Ottawa needs
1: to do? Ottawa, okay, number one, and I've been saying this all year, they need to get a back. Okay. They need what? And to get a quarterback.
2: Oh, a quarterback,
1: yes, quarterback of course. and and there's this off season there's gonna be a number of guys out there, but what does Ottawa have that will attract those guys other than other than a big check, and you're not gonna pay any of these guys that are coming into your quarterback, you know. Big time money. You're going to pay him starters money, but low starters money. And so, no, that's the first no, thing no you're have. not. No, you're not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Why? Um, because the people I'm thinking of that would go to Ottawa, it depends who goes to Ottawa.
2: Mazzoli. Jeremiah right? uh, Mazzoli out of Hamilton.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. He's not going to get starter gonna money. Eat.
2: He's going to get these. He's not staying in Hamilton, not with Dane Evans doing what he's doing in there. Why I, would you I, keep somebody I, I, at I half find, the price? He,
1: yeah, as you can see, Dane I'm, Evans a lot cheaper. Dane Evans is already signed. Yeah. Um, he's got two years left on his contract. But I don't know if Mazzoli is going to go to Ottawa. I think you can see Mazzoli in Toronto. Mazzoli might I see Zach Galero in, in Toronto. You might even see him in Winnipeg. But uh, well, you're
2: trading you're trading Matt Nichols for Jeremiah Mazzoli. Is there that much difference between the two of them?
1: Well, Matt Nichols is a free agent too, so you know, I think Mazzoli is more exciting than Matt Nichols. Um but I but the problem is, is, is Desjardins is always is going to be there, and and I think you've seen it in the last couple of years. You see Brock Sunderland leave because he wanted a GM's job, and then you saw those players leave this year, and now what's his name is gone, Rich Cap, Rick Campbell. So there's got to be an issue there, and and understand this stuff gets around the league. Okay, And nobody's going to want to play there. It's pretty simple. So, but that's the first thing they got to do is they got to get a quarterback. They got to get a decent head coach. And I'm just thinking nobody is going to touch that franchise right now. Nobody. So I think they're kind of pooched right now. Do they, does, does, here's a thought, does Ottawa turn around, you ready for this one? Does Ottawa turn around and make uh, Joe Pau Pau, the head coach, for the second time in his career in Ottawa? Hmm.
0: It's, I, I don't think that's uh, completely out of the realm of possibility, to be honest, because he's already there as the as the quarterback's coach. At least he's someone that has coaching experience.
1: But he has moved up in the season this year. He's not just the quarterback's coach anymore. He was, uh, was remember, he was calling plays for the right. end of the year this he year. He was basically the offensive
0: coordinator by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So And look I mean, how well that
1: worked out. <laughs> well, yeah, but once again... But he had not, nothing to not, work with. He's, He's not a great. great. He's quarterback. Worker. Fair enough. He's quarterback. So there's Everybody a possibility. I was a just quarterback. thinking about that. I was just thinking about that. There's a possibility. Joe Pauk. Someone that's already there. And it's not like you have to attract him. You know what I mean? Because he already okay. lives in that area. And so he'd rather stay there than move. I'm sure.
2: He's already under contract.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's a thought.
0: I could see it. I I could definitely see it.
1: But if the, if Ottawa is not competitive for a couple of years, we got to be very careful. That pickle, franchise could it could it could go away again. It happened before. Not the, wouldn't be the first yep. time. Indeed. Or the second time, for that
0: matter. Or the
1: third time. which is Or the third time.
0: Which is sad to really say when you're talking about one, one city, but... Well, yep. hang on. I mean,
2: every every franchise in this league has done that. How many times has the keys to the team been tossed on the table for the BC Lions?
0: Mm-hmm. I can
2: think of four, three.
0: Montreal still doesn't have an owner.
2: OK, so
0: and, and, and that's happened
2: three, four times. OK, so, you know, just because and, and we said this before, if BC or Toronto fail in this league, there is no league. Okay? Regardless of how much people want to say Saskatchewan is Canada's team, the league is done if BC or Toronto franchises are not in this league. Okay, we've been told that time and time and time again by the media. There's just no interest in anybody broadcasting CFL games if those two franchises are not part of it. That is why BC Lions have been saved so many times. That is why the Toronto Argonauts are constantly being saved. Okay, it's got nothing to do with, oh, well, the league's favoring these two franchises. It's not. It's got nothing to do with it. It's got to do with the fact of survival okay and and and, and b c. can't fail because of that, because of that, Saskatchewan had to have telethons because of that, Ottawa failed three times, twice, sorry, um, because of that, Montreal Alouettes failed, Concord failed. you know it's it just it just goes, the list goes on and on and on, and Edmonton is it was in a disaster mode in two thousand ten uh calgary. Calgary's been in, in terrible shape on numerous occasions. Hamilton, oh my God, Hamilton has been in dire straits way more times than anybody else. And Winnipeg is no screaming help. So, you know, we can go through the list of things. There's not one franchise in this league that is 100% stable and has been all along. Edmonton has probably been the best run franchise in, in all of it. And it's had, it, it's had itself a, a hard time. And not just because the product on the field is no good. It's got to do with the way that the, the, league, and the league is evolving. The league is marketing. The league is doing everything. The demographics of the bigger cities are changing. And and, and we, we're not keeping pace with it. Okay? So I don't know. I don't know. You've got to be really careful with Ottawa right now. That 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 franchise is fragile. It was, so is Montreal. And but BC will always survive. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about my franchise. They will always be a BC Lions team. As long as there's a CFL, it will be a BC Lions team. We have to make it prosper. And I have a, a huge plan on how to make the BC Lions prosper. I just don't have a quarter of a billion dollars to do it. Maybe next week. Okay. Post mortem on BC, we're not going to do that, but we're going to do a post mortem on the Toronto Argonauts. What do you see was their the down factor here, Will?
1: Um, what's their down factor? <laughs> they weren't winning. How does that sound?
2: No shit. Once I again, a, a
1: once once again a poorly coached team. I, I still don't think they found an established quarterback. Nope. I mean, two years ago, they wasted a big thing on James Franklin, and he hasn't come to fruition, and Ricky Ray Three. retired this year. And Ricky Ray yeah. retired this year, so they were kind of hooped that way. Three and years I, ago, they I wasted still... draft picks on Drew right. Willie. Right. Yep so they're i I mean I think they're easier to turn around than Ottawa because people do want to go to Toronto just because it's Toronto mm-hmm. and i and i think and I think uh putting Mike or Clemens in there. He's the figurehead of the of the group, and he's the smiley guy, and he's the rah-rah cheerleader guy, and he's the guy who's going to get people in the stadium. And then you got uh, John Murphy, who's going to bring players in. So, so I think they're okay. To be honest with you, we'll see what Toronto. happens. Toronto.
2: In all honesty, I think Toronto's in better position than Ottawa
1: or BC at this point in time. Uh, absolutely, uh, beat Ottawa for sure. Do
0: you guys think Stable Corey ownership? Chamblin will be back? No. Say that again. Do you think Corey Chamblin we'll just... will be back as head coach? Nope. No. No. Okay. Nope. No. No. Absolutely not. I, I.
2: I. If Michael Shea is not the coach of the Toronto Argonauts, last next year or this coming year. I know nothing about football. I'll just catch up this podcast and turn it off.
1: Okay? Because
2: I know fuck all. Well, Mike, uh, O'Shea, Michael-
1: Mike O'Shea has said that he wants to stay in Winnipeg, but he's got to look yeah,
2: at the And he also said him. that they're not looking for another quarterback two hours before they traded for Zach Calero. Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. believe a goddamn thing that comes out of his mouth.
1: He's a bit of a, not a get.
2: Think. Yeah.
1: He he's a bit of a get. So great football but player, I, but he's been concussed, I think.
2: You think? Yes. No. Toronto's gonna have Michael Shea as the as the coach. Uh they they might have Jeremiah Mazzoli as their quarterback, but I'm not sure about that. I think he's gonna go to Ottawa.
0: They need
1: a quarterback. If I was, if I was Toronto, I would, I would keep Bethel Thomas for sure. Oh
2: yeah, and, but I would also go after Nate Arbuckle.
1: Yeah, I would too. Yeah, and okay. I, I haven't looked lately. I don't know if he's a free agent this year. He might be. I'm pretty sure he is.
2: I think he is. Because he was here so, last yeah.
1: year. How about this? Calgary, Calgary trades Bo Levi Mitchell to Toronto. I
2: don't think that that would be a good thing for the Toronto franchise.
0: Yeah, to know that you had
1: to know that was going to be the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I to think they'd have they'd have Mike Riley in Toronto and Bo Levi Mitchell. Oh, that never happened, did it? Okay, no, sorry. No, they picked happen. they picked James Franklin instead. He was Man, guy, yeah. I could run that franchise. Oh. I could run that franchise.
2: Bo Levi Mitchell is only going to be successful in Calgary. The only team that he will be successful with.
1: He I, well, I think it would be Bo Levi Mitchell playing out his contract, and he'll be the next uh, quarterback coach in Calgary. In Calgary. Yeah. No doubt
2: in my mind. That,
1: Yeah. He likes it here. I don't know why, but he likes it here.
2: I mean, I can see Travis Luley being the quarterback coach in BC this year coming up. I, I, I can see that. I can see him progressing to OC and possible head coach in the next five years. Okay? I can oh, see God. Mike Riley following right up behind Wait.
1: him. Wait. I haven't heard anybody from BC suggest that Travis Luley should be the next head coach.
2: Oh, I'm yes, sure you have. I have.
1: Oh, I, oh, I have. I have. Yeah, it's all I over the place. Couple people. Is a couple Okay. Of people? I'm, I'm not smart sure people, yeah. but. Zero yes, coaching kidding. experience,
2: and he should be handed the keys to the franchise. Zero coaching the,
1: experience. Now, now I get annoyed by that. Of, here's a thought: What do you think of huh, G. Roy Simon being the next oh, GM? Shut, up. shut <laughs> up! It could happen. No, it, no will. it will happen. I doubt it. Will it happen? Well, oh, I it, think it, it will. will happen. I yeah, think that's question.
0: Okay. I think he's the successor to Herbie whenever they turf Herbie. Herbie.
2: Yeah, as soon as they turf Herbie and G. Royson is the GM, I have no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, I I believe that too, actually. I've thought that for a while.
2: I'm not a fan of that idea. But it's highly possible. I mean, it's more than possible. I would bet money on it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate the idea. Okay. Just, just what we okay. need—an arrogant son of a bitch to be more, become more arrogant.
1: <laughs> oh well. What can you do?
2: Thanks. Thanks for ruining my evening, Will. Thanks.
1: <laughs> well, it's okay. One of the funniest things I've heard in the last two weeks is is uh, on the waggle. David Sanchez was talking about going to the Grey Cup, and he he said so. His first Grey Cup ring, he gave it was or sorry, he won a Grey Cup in Edmonton, and he gave that ring to his father. Okay, and he, on his show, he was saying that he was going to invite. You know, Milt Steele be at, will be at the Grey Cup, but he was going to borrow his Grey Cup ring from his father to give to Milt Steele, so he would see what it felt like. Okay. I like David Sanchez. I like David Sanchez. I like him a lot. He's a funny guy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay uh that is there anything else on Toronto or are we going to move on from that? We got about fifteen minutes left in the show, and we got a couple of things to go at uh I'd like to discuss the divisional all stars but uh uh anything you guys got to say further Toronto no, I'm good. Me, Ottawa. I'm
0: good on I'm on I'm good okay sucks
2: uh commis- yeah exactly Commissioner Randy Ambrosi went to b n n to discuss his plans to transform the c f l from a small folksy league. It is into the right approach. And how do we rate his performance in two years? I had somebody actually throw that at me the other day saying that, because uh, oh, he was, that, that was the guy who made that stupid comment about wanting to change the name of the CFL and remove the Canada from the Canadian football league.
0: Oh, gee, um, yeah.
2: Right. And then he went off and he said, he said, well, Randy Ambrose, says said, it's a small folksy league and we need to do things to expand it. And I'm going, if you're quoting Randy Ambrosie as a, a reason for your stupid, idiotic co- comments, I, I have no respect for you or anything that you say further from this. I'm not going to get involved in the discussion with you. Randy Ambrosi is the worst commissioner this league has had in decades. Decades. I have no use for the man. He is fucking up my league, and I am not happy about it. So how do I rate him in the last two years? His performance in the two years, uh, subpar, would be generous. Charles, what do you think of Randy Ambrose in his first two years as GM
0: as? I mean, he just seems to be keep having more missteps as opposed to successes. Um... Halifax. Halifax is a complete debacle. I'm sorry that that situation is an embarrassment to the league. I honestly did, wish did, that subject would just go away. Did, did you hear the news today? Did you hear the news today? Oh, I just yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just shook my head.
2: They applied yeah. to the NHL to have the Heritage Classic in Halifax.
0: Yeah, come hold a come hold a game in a building that doesn't even exist. And likely never will.
1: Come on down. <laughs> well, you don't. You don't really need a building to have an NHL game, do you? They'll just go on the. It the not. it's the Heritage Classic. I think uh, they have bodies of water in Halifax. They could freeze, don't they? They're probably frozen <laughs> eight months a year, anyways.
0: <laughs>
2: Put it out on the Bay of Fundy and watch it go up and down.
0: I mean, to be very honest, that was nothing. Mo- this is nothing. Mo- I, I personally called that a bribe uh, to the Halifax City Council, saying, "Hey, give us their stadium, we'll get you an NHL game, the Heritage Classic." I mean, come on. I I looked I, at this morning. I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Is anyone going <laughs> for this crap?
2: I'm not kidding you, we,
0: Charles. That actually we, happened. Oh, I know it happened. I read the story. I'm like, oh, we have no building, and um, they don't want to build this one, but we want the Heritage Classic. I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? Ugh! This is also the same group that are selling T-shirts for a team that is not the that doesn't exist. I remember, and I keep bringing this up, being in the room last year in Edmonton during Grey Cup weekend where they announced the team name is going to be the Atlantic Scooters. And everyone's jumping up and down and cheering and everyone's all excited. I'm thinking to myself, well, they don't have a building. They haven't been granted a franchise. What's everyone getting so excited about? We're exactly now 12 months later, and they're no farther ahead than they were a year no, ago. In fact, they're changed. probably going backwards
2: nothing Hey, Charles, the I city can't.
0: doesn't want to give them. A, the city doesn't want to give them a, um, a, a building.
2: Last year there was at the least hope. There's no hope right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey Charles, I can't remember. Did the Atlantic Schooners? Have a hospitality room at the Great Cup last year. Yeah, that's where
0: they—that's where they made the announcement, oh, okay. and it was—it was one of the more popular ones. That's the one that everyone was going
1: to. Okay.
0: Because so I noticed, have one this I year noticed.
1: Too. No, no, I noticed they're having one this year as well. Yep. Okay, and I'm thinking, man, are you kidding <laughs> be me? All really? gloom and gloom at that point. I, I, I just, I, 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 I is all I can say. I mean, I, one of the things, and I, I took uh, Thursday and Friday off this year before the Great Cup, and one of the things I want to go to is Randy Ambrose's State of the League address, okay?
2: Are you going to ask for
1: That.
0: Try not to laugh too loud, because they'll kick
1: you out if you do. And I'm thinking... Maybe I'll have a couple of drinks before I go in there because my mouth gets bigger if I drink. Okay, and you never know; I might be on national television. Bring someone to videotape this. Give them your cell phone and take a video of this because this could be really entertaining. Um, I, I just, it's, it's just like, wow, really? Yeah, I think he's done a terrible job. <laughs> I think he's done a horrible job.
0: I mean, we keep hearing about yeah. this CFL two point and I was, I was open minded at the beginning, but I mean, I'm not seeing anything from it. So,
1: okay, I should be um, confident. Go ahead.
2: I, I, I'm sorry, we can't talk about Randy Ambrose anymore. It's just, a, it's a waste of breath. Um, yeah. I I just saw something that is an interesting concept for a head coach in BC. Want to guess? Somebody nobody has even thought about yet. Dave Dickinson? Tom Higgins.
1: Ah. Hmm. I don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's
2: a great head coach. He was a wonderful head coach in Edmonton.
1: I don't think he is. He didn't demand they
2: just just, just, just I've heard didn't lots get...
1: of I've heard lots of derogatory things about about Tom Higgins
0: yeah.
1: so yeah, you know what I'm wondering to myself, why don't they bring back, because I saw a blurb on him the other day, and he seems like he knows what he's doing. I'm thinking, why don't they bring back Adam Rita?
0: He's been coaching in, like, Japan or something like that. Italy.
2: Uh, He's he's in Italy.
0: Italy. He's in Italy. Uh, I I don't know. I don't see that as a possibility. I think he's too far removed. And coaching in Italy ain't the same thing. No,
2: it's not. I, I like the man. Um, I've talked to him on several occasions. He's beyond intelligent in the football mind. I I, I just don't see it happening. I think the Adams days in the CFL are gone. I I, I, don't, I honestly don't. I, th- I honestly don't think he wants to come back. I think he's content doing what he's doing. Uh, and it's kind of like the Wally Buono type of thing right now. I, I've <sighs> been there, done it, seen it, tried it. I got the T-shirt. I don't need to prove myself anymore. I'm happy with what I'm doing, why would I fucking do something stupid like that? I think that's yeah. the way that you'll see that the opinion of Reader Adam Reedy is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I I don't need to do that. I don't need to prove that I can turn this franchise around. I've done it before. Okay. Um what do we got here? We got about eight minutes left in the show, so let's give it six. Uh, we've got the divisional all stars, or divisional, yeah, all stars have been released, or the MOP candidates, isn't it? No, this is divisional all stars. But didn't yep. they do the um,
0: the um,
2: MOP East West this today?
0: Well, Todd Mogi was saying that, but I looked all over and couldn't find anything about that.
2: Yeah, because I heard that it was uh, Fajardo and
0: Banks. Yeah, right. Like, and I haven't again, seen that anywhere. I haven't seen that anywhere. I've been looking for it too ever since I heard that, but I, I haven't been able to find it.
2: Well, he's just saying that to piss us off. I think that
1: it's possible. I don't let's know. Talk, let's talk about let's talk about the All Stars then
2: Okay. Um, and where are they? They just went away on me. Okay, I got them back. Uh, Division All-Stars, in the West Division, oh, you got Cody Fajardo in the West as QB, and in the East, you have Vernon Adams Jr. Hmm. Hard to argue.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Seriously, hard to argue. Running back, Andrew Harris in the West and William Standback in the East. Andrew Harris has an asterisk beside that That is a, uh denotes a... <clears throat>
0: Canadian player
2: on PEDs. <laughs> no, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Canadian. Okay, yeah, it's just kind of Canadian. Oh, yep. <laughs> uh, uh, shit. Come on, that was kind of funny. Uh, it was Western Division. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, and I said William Standback. Uh, receivers in the West Brian Burnham, Reggie Bagleton, Shaq Evans, Greg Ellingson, Eric Rogers. I can't argue with any of those. Brian, Brandon Banks. Braylon Addison, Darrell Walker, really? Eugene Lewis and S.J. Green. How does Toronto get two? I guess the same way BC gets the top one. Um, offensive tackle, Stanley Bryant and Derek Dennis. Chris Van Zeel and Riker Matthews. Guards, Shane Bergman and Matt O'Donnell. And in the east, Brendan Ravenberg and Nolan
0: McMillan. I haven't found oh. anything here that I'm arguing with. Have you? How did no
1: Lions offensive lineman make it?
0: <laughs> he didn't.
1: I know. Hey, I've okay. got a question. This is this is for my Betty Phil Miller. How come only one Saskatchewan Rough Rider offensive lineman made the all-star team? They didn't. Because he, he praised them all year. Yeah, Dan Clark did. Oh, that. Dan center. Clark.
2: Yeah, Dan center. Clark I was, was just center. getting to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so far we've only oh, – well, we do have quarterbacks. So, we've got three riders so far. Um, defensive tackle. Dan Clark and then Kristen Matt in Montreal are your centers. Defensive tackles are Lando Se- Sewell and Mike Moore, both from Edmonton. Uh in uh the east we have Chris uh, no uh, Dylan Wind from Hamilton and Cleon Lang in Toronto. I don't know. Defensive ends, Willie Jefferson, Charlton Hughes. Hard to argue that one. Uh Jared Davis and John Bowman. Linebackers, Solomon Alaminian, Larry Dean, uh Simone Lawrence and Enoch Mwamba.
0: What's a CLB?
1: Um, CLB is corner linebacker, which is yeah. another word for a uh, Sam linebacker.
0: Middle.
2: Sam linebacker. Derek from Mon- Saskatchewan, and Patrick, Love- Patrick Levels in Montreal. don't know who they are. Cornerbacks, uh, uh, Trey Roberson and Winston Rose, Tommy Campbell,
0: and Delvon. Bro, Delvin Bro,
2: no, Delvin Bro. At halfback, Marcus Sales, uh, Deshaun Amos, and Greg Reed and uh, Richard Leonard. At safety, uh, Mike Eaton and Tunde. At, at-, at- Tunde at-, at-, de- de-
1: at delicate, a delicate, a- delicate. A- delicate. Yeah. Tundi
0: There you a go. Delicate. A tundi de- tundi de- delicate.
2: Okay. And a kicker in the Western Division. Sergio Castillo. And in the east, Liam Hirelahu. Why can't these days have like normal names like John Ryan? John Ryan's the punter and Richie Leone is the punter in Ottawa. I you know what, I think I would take Richie Leone over John Ryan. And uh Special teams is Mike Miller and Frankie Williams. Anybody that you think missed this list?
0: No, I no, like I don't all. think so. I think they got it pretty good.
2: I'm really comfortable with it. You know, usually there's one person that I just want to yell and scream that they missed uh-huh. out on or this, that, and anything else. There really isn't. I'm sure somebody out there is pissed off, but probably Saskatchewan fans just because.
0: They're probably mad they don't have more offensive linemen. Do
1: they have you an offensive scariest, Other than,
0: well, I guess Dan Clark, yeah.
1: The scariest thing on here is, and I don't want to pump Calgary's, uh, Calgary's train, but. There are three All-Stars on here that all played for Calgary last year. <laughs> you mean that aren't on Calgary this that, year?
0: That are no longer there now? That is correct. Yeah.
1: Patrick Levels, Atunde Adela Kay, and Jageret uh, Davis.
2: Yeah. Well, Solomon Aluminium kind of there too, right?
1: And isn't it a neat thing that uh, you know a certain couple of guys used to flap about how much how how they got uh, come on Adam Big Hill on Winnipeg and oh
2: the the show's over
1: he's he's not a
2: yeah
1: yeah